This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Market Scale Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Hope you're holding up during this crazy time. Make sure that while you're listening to this episode that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to hear previous and upcoming episodes of the show. Make sure you're also heading to marketscale.com industries for more focused vertical industry commentary and content, including videos, more podcasts, and articles. So for today's conversation, we're sitting down with Matt Wood. He's the VP of Client Services at Personiv, an outsourcing firm focused on connecting large and small companies with finance, digital, back office, and customer care services. And we've spoken with Personiv on the podcast before, several times actually. But this time with Matt Wood, he's joining us to give us a rundown of how the business world is dealing with an overall lack of qualified accounting talent, especially in the United States, and how teams at Personiv are aiming to fill that need. And he's also going to give us some insights on the current state of remote work. Matt Wood, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great, Daniel. Thank you for inviting me. For sure. How are you holding up during the pandemic? Everything okay on your end? Any uh, Anything that you know, you're needing to focus on or take care of? You know, things are going well. Just getting used to the new normal of, uh, you know, kind of working and managing a little toddler but uh you know it's uh it's been successful we're all coming together and uh you know heading forward absolutely yeah well that that's all you can do just keep your head down and and stay focused and take care of those that you know you can take care of that's right yeah all right so let's get into the main topic for today so for some context matt um for the audience before your time at personiv you managed operations for hire better Dell, Princeton Recruiting Group, and you mostly focused on recruiting as your you know main task and sort of the, the main thing that you managed at those companies. So while working in operations there, uh, a mix of mid-sized and large companies, uh, what did you notice about the state of recruiting, about the talent pool, uh, about um, expanding the workforce at these legacy companies, and did you feel like you know needs were being met? Were there any particular challenges you were facing even then? And how is that now informing the work that you're doing at Personiv? Sure. No, it's it's been interesting over the last you know two decades since I you know got into recruiting. Um, you know we we went through a couple different iterations um, where we would have the you know the initial technology collapse. Um, and then in 2008, we had the financial um, consolidation. Um, so, you know, at each point in my career and at each company, um, you know, we had different, uh, different battles to fight, um, different ways to go after talent. We learned new ways to attract talent. We learned new ways to retain talent, um, you know, and, and working with both large and small companies, you know, we were able to see you know, ways that companies could be nimble, 
Um, you know, smaller companies may be nimble and be able to change more and attract talent faster. Larger companies, you know, may take time to uh, to be able to kind of steer the ship in that direction. And of course, the main uh, recruiting issue that we're highlighting today is one of finding and acquiring quality accounting talent for any business. Uh, Often CPAs and other professionals in finance will mention that there is a shortage of accounting talent just generally, uh, but also in the United States specifically. How realistic is that talking point? And if it is true, can you help quantify that reality for us a little bit? Sure. You know, that talk is realistic. Um, You know, when the economy was booming, we were seeing unemployment numbers, you know, between two and three percent. And that made focus being on attracting and retaining the talent that came in. Um, And so that ended up driving up a lot of cost, um, you know, for internal programs or for the talent straight forward. Um, You know, now that we're seeing a shift in the economy, we are now going to start seeing more and more people that are reluctant to make changes. Um, They're going to feel comfortable with where they're at. They know their place in their current company and whether or not that's secure and what it looks like. And so it's going to cost more to have somebody to take that risk and um, be willing to leave their company to come join your firm. You know, we we also have seen kind of a, a shift as we talk about you know, those entering into the workforce and where there may be less talent, um, you know, is, is for millennials. Um, when, when they first started entering the workforce, um, there, it was right during the, uh, the initial financial um, crisis. And so many were unable to get jobs. Um, you know, they compromised on what they were willing to take. You know, the jobs may not have been in line with their expectations, maybe taking lower salaries or work-life balance. And, um, you know, because of that, uh, many exited the, uh, the finance and accounting arena. Um, and so that starts leading to a, uh, a additional shortage as, as we continue to, to move forward um, with these guys entering into the workforce. And, you know, this is a dynamic that we've talked a lot about with uh, different persona of guests, but I always like to you know, get individual context on why all of our persona of guests think this is happening and what the effect of that is. And I feel like you, with your background in recruiting, um, can probably draw some specific uh, experience to inform that answer. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you say here. But regardless, the question is, why do you think these roles are going unfilled in the first place? Why aren't more young professionals entering the profession and taking these roles uh, if it is an industry that typically pays well and has uh, such a desire for fresh talent? What we see, you know, really the, the companies that I speak with and, um, you know, those you know, clients and prospects, um, what they're doing is, is they're realizing that it's kind of a revolving door um, to where they may be able to bring in talent, um, but, you know, they're keeping it for only a short amount of time. Um, they're seeing that, you know, the younger generation is looking for, um, for faster growth. They like their flexibility. Um, they may not enter into the accounting profession because of the hours um, or because of the, the travel that could be involved. Um, and so they're setting up different expectations. 
Um, and then we also see where, you know, these millennials, I keep saying these millennials, but we see the workforce coming in and, you know, if they had come in at a lower salary, you know, the fastest way for them to start making more money is to go switch companies. Um, and so, you know, we see them come in and, and say, okay, I want to, I want a higher salary. I want to make the next move in my career. Um, like we all do, we want that progression. Um, and a lot of times there's not a clear career path within an organization to advance your career. Um, and so they start looking outside. And what is the effect of this then on companies that can no longer find uh, quality accounting talent within the United States? Um, you know, what? how does that actually affect day-to-day and uh, long-term business strategy? Sure. Um, you know, it increases burnout. Um, you know, teams continue to try and do um, more with less. Um, they are, um, you know, focused. Like if you're looking at the entire recruiting process, um, not only if you're trying to backfill a position, um, not only is your team currently taking on that work and, you know, completing the day-to-day of, of that missing person, you know, filling in the gaps, uh, but they're also out there interviewing. Um, and so now they have an additional task of interviewing on top of it to find that backfill. Um, and so, you know, you end up putting in more hours. You end up um, spending more time onboarding and training the new hire, trying to be able to keep them and retain them. And so it's just it ends up being kind of a, a vicious cycle um, that, that's coming around and it, and it distracts you from your day to day. Um, it's not allowing you to focus specifically on your operations, you know, on your business at hand, um, you know, because you're putting out fires. Do you think there's any aspect of, uh, you know, a lack of quality accounting talent that is incumbent on the position and the work itself or the companies and, and what they're offering in the position having to adapt uh, the accounting role to make it more appealing you know is that on the onus of just accounting work and 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 the the companies themselves to to find ways to make it more appealing and i mean if you think there is any shift in that work uh you know what would that even look like what what are your thoughts there we we are seeing companies uh you know make changes um you know we've we've evolved over the last few years um you know to be able to um, you know, meet the needs of uh, the uh, the generation entering the workforce. Um, you know, we're seeing more flexibility in work schedules. Um, we're seeing more remote working. We're seeing uh, an embrace of different technologies overall to try and meet those needs um, to where you know, we are able to attract more and more talent coming in, um, you know, to be able to, you know, help fund the day to day of our operations. All right, let's get into the solutions then for filling these accounting needs. So when it comes to hiring for these positions, there's usually a few different strategic options. There's in-house hiring, uh, which is a lot of what you did back in the day. So that's in-house hiring and recruitment. There is hiring a staffing agency to basically walk through the process for you. 
or you can outsource the position. So let's break down the pros and cons of each of those strategies uh, and then land at a conclusion once we're done there of which is the best option in today's economy and environment and which is going to be uh, the most sustainable in the long term. So let's start with in-house hiring and recruitment. What are the pros of going with that uh, direction and what are the cons? Sure. No, um, in, in-house hiring, I mean, number one, um, they know your company culture. Um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not just somebody from the outside looking in, um, you know, looking at a, a PDF for a deck and saying, okay, I, I think I get it. Um, you know, they know the team. Um, they know what, um, what the company culture looks like. They're able to live and breathe that data. And then specifically, um, you know, they may know um, the exact team that they're hiring for. Um, so they can they can help talk to candidates and you know share more of an experience of the dynamic of the team and you know be able to really sell and attract candidates to that job um, because they have that intimate knowledge. Um, so that's huge. Um, you know, also being able to kind of know um, different maybe pay scales or processes differently on on the onboarding. You know, being able to paint a fuller picture to candidates. Um, is uh, is a real advantage for in-house recruiting, um, you know, and and so I think you know that's that's a huge advantage. Um, when we start talking about some of the some of the cons, um, you know, with an in-house recruiter, sometimes they're stretched pretty thin. Um, you know, they're not just focused on one business unit; um, they're focused on hiring operational talents, tech talent, sales talent, accounting. Uh, and so, you know, these are completely different disciplines. Somebody may have more experience and focus on recruiting developers, um, and then they're thrown in accounting position. And, you know, it's a new language for them. They may not be able to, uh, to really effectively communicate what that position is if they're not familiar with it. Um, and that, that leads to losing out on, um, on talent. Not being able to, you know, maybe specifically identify the right candidates, um, maybe not being able to position uh, the opportunity in the right way because they just don't know the the industry nomenclature, um, and so they, you know, that that is end up being common. Um, a lot of times, you know, if you're not that well rehearsed on a position, maybe you just deal with internal applicants or not internal, but applicants that come in and you just pass those across to the hiring manager and you say, you know, hey, you come in and take a look at these and tell me if they're, you know, a right fit for you. Um, and so, you know, that that leads to kind of what that burnout we were talking about before to where now you have your internal teams that are out there, you know, doing interviews, kicking candidates back that aren't the right fit. Um, you know, you're, you're increasing your time to hire, your cost per hire is going up and, you know, just the, the days to fill um, to where, you know, that team's taking on that additional work plus the interview. All right. Now the pros and cons of running with a staffing agency. Uh, what makes that relationship a positive for companies of different sizes? And when you start uh, not completely outsourcing the position, but just sort of outsourcing the hiring process. What are some of the cons that come with that as well? Sure. No, and this is this is a cycle that I've seen throughout my career um, at multiple 
multiple organizations to where um, you know we we say okay let's let's have our in-house team um, focus and then you know we start seeing that cost of uh, of the team and say man we're spending too much money on on recruiting let's outsource this and so you go with an outsourced you know staffing partner or agency and then you start seeing the money that you're spending there and say okay let's bring it back um, but you know the number one um, advantage to going with uh, an outside staffing partner or agency um, is you know, they are focused on you know that discipline. Um, they're going to know your uh, your individual market. They're going to specialize in that talent. Know who's out there. Be able to um, take all of that heavy lifting of the recruiting process put that on their shoulders and be able to deliver well-qualified candidates to you. Um, you know, it's when you're looking at, um, at staffing, it's, it's advantageous because, you know, that agency is taking on the risk. Um, you know, it's, it's a contract employer, it's their employee. Um, you know, you're, you're allowing them to focus on what you're on, what their specific skill set is, send you over to candidates. And so it's a, it's a definite time safe, you know, but with with that, obviously, there's cost involved, um, and so that's where you know you look at some of the cons. Is it's a costly alternative, you know, because now you're paying for not only that that resource, um, but you're paying for the staffing agency's overhead, for their recruiting managers, for the recruiters, for their sales team, for you know their their packages, um, you know, their, their advertisements, their postings and all of that. And so all of that cost is coming in, um, to what you're paying for that resource. Um, and so a lot of times you look at it to where, you know, they may, you know, you could be paying a, a high price for talent, but only a fraction of that's actually going to the resource that comes in. Um, and so if they're able to be offered a dollar or two at a, at another place, um, then they leave. They don't have that same loyalty that maybe an internal employee would have. Um, and so, you know, you, you may see more turnover. And I, and I think ultimately, you know, sometimes in the staffing, um, in the staffing world, you know, you're, you're only making money if there's a transaction. You're only making money if somebody is being billed. Um, and so, you know, you may not always get 100% of that right candidate um, you know, because somebody is more focused on, you know, their profitability. All right. And then finally, what Personov is best at outsourcing the position entirely. Um, what does that look like in practice and what are the pros for outsourcing a position today? And then when is it not right for a company to be outsourcing? And then we'll, we'll kind of do a, a final wrap up here with those three points before we move on. One of the biggest pros to outsourcing is um, is the ability to have access to affordable talent. Um, you're now not focused on maybe your your local community or where you're at, um, you know, to where you may not have that talent you need, or maybe you're in a high cost city to where you know you need that talent, you can find that talent, but you can't afford that talent. Um, and so, by being able to outsource certain positions. Um, you're being able to have a competitive advantage um, over your peers, um, not only in a cost savings advantage to where now you can put 
those dollars back into you know R and D or sales and marketing or or maybe just customer or client retention or employee engagement. Um, you know, you're able to invest those dollars back into your business for that savings. Um, you know, you're also able to kind of get the the best of both worlds um, to where you have a uh, a resource, a remote resource that's dedicated to you, um, that follows your process, that follows works inside of your technology, uh, and so you now have access to that remote employee. Um, who's able to, you know, be a part of your team, being able to, you know, adopt you know, your your day to day culture and uh, and working processes. All right, thanks for breaking down all three of those. So, if you had to look at the current state of the economy, um, and obviously since Personiv is working on connecting companies with the right outsourced talent. Uh, what typically are you telling your clients about when it is or isn't right to go with outsourcing versus the other two options of in-house recruitment or uh, going with a staffing agency? Sure. Um, you know, it's what we're seeing more and more is um, more and more companies that have leaner accounting teams you know, who may have a smaller accounting team but need a larger reach, need more work, but may not have the budget for it. Um, you know, those, those are perfect fits for us um, to where we can come in and work side by side with their team. You know, those, those are the ones that, you know, they're already set up, um, you know, in this, in this new world, everybody's working remotely. And so they've already done the heavy lifting of setting up the technology and the processes and communication tools um, to be able to have remote talent. Um, and so that makes an easy transition. Um, you know, there may be some organizations out there that, you know, may not have, maybe they just need a couple hours of bookkeeping or, or something to where, you know, that would make sense to go out to a staffing agency um, to where, you know, maybe they just need a little help closing the books. You know, those, those are perfect fits for them. Um, but those that are really, you know, looking to, um, you know, lower burnout of the team. If you can come in and, you know, take a little work off of each employee and maybe create a new position um, for that to where, you know, the team's able to go home a few hours earlier, or maybe they're able to, um, you know, do month in close a, a day or two faster. Um, you know, that, that really boosts that, you know, company and, and team morale um, by, by not feeling stretched as thin anymore. In your conversations with your clients, uh, do you ever find resistance from companies wanting to uh, support, you know, local communities and economies versus outsourcing and and pulling in um, talent for these positions from elsewhere? Um, And if so, you know, what do those conversations look like? Um, You know, is it realistic to hold out and try to find uh, work within your community from this or, you know, pull in someone to move in from out of state to come and do your work. Uh, yeah. What, what does that dynamic look like, especially for smaller companies where almost everyone on their team is homegrown? Yeah. You know, I, I do not receive that kind of, uh, that pushback or resistance. Um, I think the, the main resistance that I may get um, are, you know, organizations when they're, you know, we spend a lot of time educating people on outsourcing and, you know, we get, you know, pushback saying, oh, I'm not big enough for that. You know, that's the, 
the Fortune 500 companies that outsource. That's uh, you know the large companies, large teams that outsource. You know that's not for me. Um, and so that's where we get the main pushback. Um, you know these guys, like we were saying before, with um, you know a global economy, people are used to outsourcing certain functions um, of the business. And it may be done locally, uh, but they don't do everything in house. Um, and so when they're able to look at this and, you know, realizing, you know, CFOs and controllers are saying, you know, every dollar counts right now. Um, and so if I can turn around and have a competitive advantage um, by finding access to talent in a cost effective manner, um, you know, I can turn around and invest that money back into my company. Um, and that will help me outlast my competitors. That'll help me be able to retain talent longer internally. Um, and so that's that's really it. All right, I want to wrap the conversation by speaking to the current state of remote work, how the clients that you work with view remote work and the technologies that help make remote work possible. Because, I mean, one of the prerequisites to a quality outsourcing operation is a reliance that there's going to be uh, consistency and efficiency in that remote work. So instead of, like you said, finding resistance in wanting to hire local and not wanting to outsource, it sounds like you're getting more resistance from people who feel unsure that the remote work capabilities are there to support uh, the the accounting needs that they have. So to sell companies on outsourcing, I'm sure you often land on that point of contention. So how are the employers that you're working with in general viewing remote work right now? Have any industries adapted better to it uh, and are, are more open to bringing it on as part of their um, their business model? What are your thoughts there? Yeah. No, we've we've seen a, a large shift um, to more remote working um, over the last few years. Um, and a lot of that has come, um, from, you know, the generations entering into the workforce, you know, they prefer electronic communication, um, you know, and so they were early adopters. And, and now we've seen that, you know, 74% of CFOs are looking to transition positions to remote, you know, work from home basis. Um, and so we're seeing more and more of a shift for that. Um, and it's because, you know, not only are you able to save on your real estate costs and your on-premise IT costs, um, but, you know, technology has come up so quickly and, you know, it, we've sped up adoption of technology to where now we're able to onboard remote talent. And it takes out some of that, you know, that unknown of, hey, how do we onboard talent? What would we do? What does this look like? How do we train them? Um, and so because of the, you know, communication changes where we have, you know, more screen sharing, um, more people are used to, um, you know, communicating via Zoom or working inside of Slack and, you know, adopting all this technology, that's leading to people saying, okay, now we can turn around and have more people work from home, have more flexibility um, and, and be able to, you know, maybe come into the office once or twice a week, um, but also have that flexibility. Um, and so, you know, with the technology, you know, even on the finance and accounting world, where all of a sudden, you know, we're getting the, the, the bill.coms and being able to have this information in the cloud, um, to where everybody can, you know, your team can come in and access it. They don't have to necessarily be, 
um, you know, there on site. Um, they don't have to have a, a physical invoice or um, something that needs to be scanned in. You know, that's allowing for um, for more remote employees out there. How has the technology of remote work evolved uh, since you've been in this industry to better support outsourcing work? And how has that made uh, Personiv's work easier in connecting companies with qualified um, outsourced employees? So, you know, that could be tools for productivity, for accountability, for engagement, could be tools for team building. Uh, how are those remote tools growing and changing? You know, it's, it's creating a unified team. Um, you know, I, I actually, I, I had a team member who, um, you know, she had a, her face on an iPad, you know, she's in the Philippines and she was attending meetings, um, you know, in the United States via this remote robot that would take her around, you know, so there's stuff like that to where it's, it's creating more of a team environment. Um, you know, where, where we're looking at, you know, um, these Zoom conferences and everybody's coming together and, and meeting together face to face, um, you know, to where they can build that team atmosphere. Um, you know, that's that's also something when we're educating people about outsourcing is, you know, it's not just outsourcing a function. It's not, um, you know, maybe just a position. You know, we have our clients embrace our team. It's where they're there during those staff meetings. They're there during these calls. It's a part, it's an extension of their internal team um, to where, you know, they're able to communicate throughout the day on, you know, Microsoft Teams or through Hangouts and, and being able to really unify, you know, to where it's, you know, making one giant global team um, come together. All right. Last question for you, Matt. Um, it- does outsourcing often become the permanent solution for many companies looking to fill these accounting positions after you know they've worked with Personiv and found the value in outsourcing that work? Uh, if so, how are they approaching that sort of long-term investment? And if it isn't the long-term option and it's just sort of something to get them uh, you know, to a point where they can hire in-house, what does that transition look like? It is a permanent uh, solution for uh, for companies. Um, what I see is, um, you know, we may have somebody who is coming to us with a very specific need um, that says, you know, hey, I need to come in and um, I need this one position. I've not outsourced before, but I'm willing to try it. I, you know, this is my budget. I have a cost savings initiative. You know, can we bring this in? And, you know, they may be a little bit skeptical at the beginning and just want to slowly ease in. Um, And what we have seen, um, you know, the trends that we have seen is it's within three to six months that our, you know, our client has adopted, um, you know, this team member is realizing what they now have access to. And they start coming back and start saying, okay. You know, what else can we position? What else can we come out there and help? What else do you guys offer? What else um, kind of talent is there um, that we can be able to hire? And they start thinking you know, longer term to where it's, it's part of their growth strategy and you know, where they can turn around and expand and grow the team um, you know, becomes part of that, you know, that day-to-day long-term solution. All right, Matt Wood, VP of Client Services at Personiv. 
Thank you so much for your thoughts on the podcast today. Uh, Any final words of wisdom before we sign off for folks looking to bring outsourcing, especially for accounting needs, into their operations? Yeah. Well, no, I, I really appreciate joining you. Um, you know, the, the biggest thought, um, you know, the biggest takeaway um, is, you know, lean accounting teams um, have access to this outsourcing talent, um, that it's, it's no longer the large companies uh, that, you know, are being able to leverage this. Um, you know, we're, we're able to provide a service, you know, work with inside you know, your platform, your technology, and, uh, and give you that, uh, that advantage that um, you know, the, the large organizations have had for years. All right, Matt Wood, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure getting to chat. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're heading to marketscale.com industries for a full breadth of videos, podcasts, articles from a variety of different industries. And make sure you're also subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you're leaving a comment and a rating wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.